Hello, you're listening to episode six of The Power Up. This is a podcast where my friends and I talk about issues, topics and themes which are relevant to our lives and hopefully to the lives of anyone listening. In today's episode, we aim to talk about the power of a chosen family. I'm Tom Mead. I'm British Bangladeshi, studied medicine at UCL and work as a doctor in Cambridge. On the episode today, we have Myra, who I met through a friend of a friend. I feel like that comes up a lot in our stories, to be honest. But she's, <laughs> she's grown up... <laughs> She's grown up in London and studied English at Southampton University. She currently works in events and marketing at the Royal Academy. She identifies as British Pakistani and has lived her whole life in London. And we also have Hojin, who's a friend of mine I met during my time at university. He's also working as a doctor in Watford, and he was born and raised in Hong Kong, where the rest of his family lives. Thank you guys very much for being here today. It's great to have you guys both on. Um, I guess by starting, a lot of people might not know what a chosen family really means but if we look at the kind of internet age definition of it basically says that it consists of people we find the roles of support teaching comfort and kinship it can look like almost anything and in most cases it's defined to be purposefully broad and encompassing chosen families are meant to to pull people together and not shut them out through rigid definitions uh, chosen families can be specific as having a mother, father, sister, brother, friend, cousin, based on age, personalities, or relationships. And it doesn't at all mean that you're necessarily renouncing attachment from your own biological family, because that's definitely not what I'm trying to say by saying I have a chosen family. So now that we've kind of got the, the definition out of the way, um, I kind of wanted to talk to you both a bit about that. But let's start with you, Myra. Um, from your own experiences and from your friends that I've met, I've noticed that there's a, I'd like to say that there's a, there's a real kind of feeling of kinship amongst you and your friends. Because I went to your birthday last year um, and I feel like I met a lot of people who you're quite close to separately, um, but all together, like none of us knew each other very well, but we all got along really well. Um, and I feel like that kind of said a lot about us as people but also you in particular um so as a as that using that as a bit of a starting point i wanted to ask you what does what does chosen family mean to you um and how important is it for, for you to have that in life um first of all thanks for having me it's great to be here um i think cho Thank you. <laughs> um <laughs> chosen family to me um it, when you first came to me this concept the first thing I thought of was like in psychological terms like nuclear family and different families and stuff like that but I think to me it means that of course I have my uh, family unit I have two parents three siblings we all get along really well I think in lockdown we're getting along even better um, mm -hmm. so that's one component of the family that I've made for myself well not made I was born into this one but like, I think that even with a family that you're born into, you still, the bonds that you have and the strengths that they have still depend on how you grow together. And so I took that kind of thinking into creating my friendship families. Um, I do have a lot of different friendship groups. Um, mm. Not to say that um, they're all incredibly what like wildly different people or anything I think like obviously we have different interests and those will come into why we have different friendship groups but um I think our core values are the same um and that's why we've become um family together so I think 
going to my birthday last year, the people that you met there are very, very close to me. And I met them all in like extremely different ways. Um, mm. So essentially when you and Tay came to my birthday, that created like another little so uh, chosen family for me. Um, mm. Because I think what counts is like, the views that you might share with people and the things that you care about. Um, I think that um, our sense of humours are very similar, um, mm. but also like the way that we interact with other people as well. So you guys are also very social people. Um, like the week after I came to your birthday and ended up making friends there. Um, <laughs> And you, you kept introducing me with my full name. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really fun. And I think that um, part of why I um, am quite social and tend to make friends is because I'm not actually that close to my extended family. So I end up finding, you know, like how in Asian families, your cousins are like your friends sometimes. Mm. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> well, I, I'm not part of that sometimes. Like we, we, are, mm. um, we do like each other, but we're not like on a level, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like that really kind of boosted your kind of, um, eagerness and wanting to kind of branch out and make another family for yourself or do you think that it was kind of inbuilt in your personality from the start do you think you would always make lots of new friends and new groups like that well according to my mum from birth <laughs> I have <laughs> been the type of person who like I love sitting in social settings and connecting with people and even like so she told me the story where like I was like and I sit with the grown-ups because there were no other kids my age and just listen to them like gossip and chat. And um, <laughs> then I would go report everything back to her. <laughs> so you were basically like ahead of your time. You you just didn't want to hang out with the losers. You wanted to be your own thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm the original cool kid. You're the original cool kid. <laughs> um, let's ask you, Hojin, how, how was that? For you kind of because your situation was a bit different I guess you moved from Hong Kong to the UK um, yeah. and I had one of our mutual friends Yushin on an episode earlier about moving to a foreign place um, and I guess was it a big thing for you to kind of um, feel like there was a part of home with you or like kind of be with people who understood your culture and understood you a bit better um, because Sorry, to add some context to this, you were, your, correct me if I'm wrong in saying this, but your main friendship group from about years one to three, um, and maybe onwards, was um, the group of international East Asian uh, students that we had in our year. Um, and I was quite jealous of you guys, you know, like you guys were having lots of like potlucks. Um, and like I was, I was never part of any friendship groups that did potluck. So I was like, you guys mm -hmm. are eating really nice food as well. Yeah. And I also like <laughs> kind of objectively, I kind of thought you guys didn't really have that much drama going either. So I thought this is quite a nice group to, mm -hmm. to be yeah. in. Um, I obviously don't fit the quota, but um, I guess, yeah, like for you, how was that kind of coming into a new country? And um, did you feel a sense of, I want to feel like I belong somewhere? Was that a big thing for you? Um, 
yeah so i think before coming over i was quite nervous but also excited at the same time to just leave home and just be in a different place um so just some context so i grew up in like i went to international school so everything was in english did gcse as an ib um so i was quite fluent in english in that sense but at the same time i know that culturally i'll be quite different from the people here so i was actually quite nervous whether or not i'll be able to bond with anyone um so that's why i think the minute i stepped into lecture theater i wanted to find people that i could bond with quite easily and it was really obvious from the beginning where all the international students were sitting <laughs> um if tommy yeah. knows like basically after the first day at uni you'll know where all the friendship groups are cuz and there's like a like everyone had ish designated seats in a way um and yeah. everyone just sat there and no one can take your spot basically so we had like international school uh international kids gang basically and yeah i think it was really nice to meet them because culturally we're all quite similar and i felt like i don't have to introduce myself and talk about my culture from the very beginning um mm. and it, i felt like it just eased in quite easily so and because of that i think we got along quite well from the beginning um and i think we all felt the same in terms of because i know a, a lot of us don't have any family here like like extended families or nothing so a lot of us were just alone in this new place and because of that i felt like we bonded really well and we all kind of needed each other to get through uni and also just yeah just get on with life in a foreign country in general so yeah i think it was it was definitely really nice and to meet them and i definitely felt like they were like a second family to me um yeah mm it's that's really wholesome to hear that and it's very interesting because when i first approached you about being on this episode and i said the phrase chosen family to you you were kind of like what does that mean yeah um and i feel like a lot of people still don't really know what it means and i guess it's quite kind of a a newer concept um because when i think about it like in terms of my parents when i talk to them a lot about my friends and the people that i'm close to they kind of don't understand it sometimes um mm-hmm. i feel that i guess because yeah because i guess that generation hasn't necessarily grown up so much with like the idea of having lots of friendship groups and yeah. different friends and people that they're close with in that kind of way when they've kind of i guess like for my parents particularly like growing up in in bangladesh they were very close to their families but they didn't have like huge friendship groups and they also didn't have the kind of freedom to go out and hang out with friends in that way mm-hmm. um so i guess hojin do you consider yourself quite um lucky in a sense that you got to study abroad and spend almost like unlimited time with your friends because there's no one for you to kind of report to when you get back home there's no one saying oh why are you not oh, yeah. yet or yeah so was that quite nice as well um yeah i think i think especially like so i whenever i go back home home like hong kong for summer i always feel ish restrained because then your parents will always ask where are you going who are you meeting with what time will you come back and you feel very restricted and now that i'm in the uk i feel like a lot more free i can just do whatever i want don't report to anyone um so in that sense i'm quite um like i'm quite thankful well, i'm quite grateful for that that can be so free here um mm. but at the same time is at the same time i do miss my family back home um mm. it's like as much as sometimes you feel like it's quite annoying that your parents are always asking who you're meeting with and just checking you all the time i guess that's how a lot of like asian families work like it's just part of the asian culture to be a bit nosy about your life um so <laughs> sometimes i miss my family but at the same time 
it's it's also really nice to have this freedom here and and doing whatever I want. Mm. Do you guys think like because we're all actually Asian people? Um, this is no disrespect to my parents or anything like that, but I guess one of the reasons why my friends are kind of my go-to people to talk to about kind of stuff is sometimes I love my parents so much, but I feel like often they don't understand. This probably sounds like a very first world thing, but they don't <laughs> understand <laughs> the issues that I have sometimes. And so that's why I feel like I can talk to my friends because they can understand it a bit better and give me not necessarily the best advice, but they can say like, we get where you're coming from and we hear you and you're validated. Um, and I guess for me, that's a big part of why I'm so close to my friends because it's not that I can't rely on my family for the important stuff. It's just that I know, it, it's kind of like I know what I'm going to get and it's it's good for me. It's good for good for my well-being to, to feel understood in a way that I know I will be. Um, do you guys kind of understand what I'm trying to say with that? Yeah, I think um, I think it's also how we how we are brought up at this like with this generation. Like we're mm-hmm. exposed to a lot of social media. Um, I think in school here we're taught to be more open as well, um, and because of that we're able to bond with friends more because we grew up with similar backgrounds in terms of being open and um, using social media. Whereas maybe our parents' generation is more conservative um there might be things might be taught differently in school and i feel like as you grow up you it's really hard to change your values um Mm. and therefore yeah i likewise i feel like i'm more comfortable talking to my friends about more like just current social issues um like mental health issues or like lgbt etc um just because of how we're taught in school and everything 100% I think it's because of the generation gap because of the time that they were raised in like I think I am able to have quite open conversations with my parents but that comes from being the eldest child and pioneering that kind of relationship so because it's interesting that you guys were talking about like how perhaps our friends um our parents didn't have friends in the same sort of dynamic because I in my parents dad is actually a really social butterfly and my mum is the one who's like quite happy to stay home and chill with family stuff like that so maybe my social side like with friends comes from my dad because he from a really young age also I think found his own chosen family um like he was really good friends um with his friend from a young age so and they are still best friends to this day um so I think my dad can understand me a little bit more on some level, uh, but, and my mum can understand me on different topics. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, no, I definitely get that. Um, it's, it was really interesting because I remember you told me during lockdown that you and your family were having more com- open conversations about things and being honest with each other. And you guys had kind of matured a lot in that sense. And I definitely felt that as well with my parents because I was at home with them for the lockdown um and yeah like as every family does do we had a few arguments and things get a bit heated but but we had some really really constructive conversations actually about just what was going on in life and how we feel about things and things that we've kind of never really talked about as a family before um and I definitely wish that like my sister was there more for that and we could have discussed things as a family um just kind of 
just like really positive things as well just like how how far we've all come in life and how we kind of don't sit down and sometimes just appreciate how much we've done um and it's really interesting that you've both said stuff about values actually um because i feel like that's a lot of what i try and take from my chosen family that there are loads of amazing times i have with my friends and we laugh a lot but it's also the what do we all kind of share as kind of the principles of 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 life and i guess the main one is like looking out for each other um and that's why i feel like a a very strong kinship with the people i consider my my um my chosen family because for me it's about just being there and and doing whatever you need to do for them um and then i realized that i wanted to take that kind of those elements of being open and honest with my friends and meeting up with them and talking about things and transferring that to my family and realizing that we're all actually capable of capable of having these kind of conversations um yeah so hojan how was your your experience of uh, in in lockdown because you were obviously with your parents and i guess it's the first time maybe in a long time you were you were with them for 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 that period yeah yeah so i went i went back um during lockdown for three months yeah around three months um yeah it was it was nice but we didn't actually have a lot of deep conversations and i think i've not actually mm. had a lot of deep conversations with my parents for a very long time and i think one of the main reason is i think growing up like during school days i always see my parents as quite strict parents in terms of they're very like academic focused very career focused and they never actually well I think we didn't really talk about things outside of school and I feel like that somehow just got ingrained into the family dynamic so then I feel like they find it quite awkward talking about things outside of school as well so which I feel like is quite sad because um I feel like I feel like both my parents and I want to talk about things outside of career or whatever but I think it's just how we were brought up from the beginning and they were very strict parents from the beginning um that we don't actually feel that comfortable talking to each other about other things if you get what I mean like we just have this I think it's just the mm-hmm. Asian mindset of being very career focused and because of that it kind of um restricts our conversations a bit I'm not sure if you guys understand what I'm trying to say yeah no definitely do you think that like you were you've ever tried to change your parents from that kind of mindset um i tr- well sometimes i do um especially like with like med because i remember having a conversation with them once because i have a friend in hong kong also doing medicine um who has um anxiety mm-hmm. sorry and mental health um just mental health um a mental health condition so i was talking to her about it and how she's able to cope but i think for i think my parents um generation they don't really understand mental health condition that much they're less understanding less willing um to appreciate that uh mental health um so i try to talk mm-hmm. to them more about like it's actually okay to have mental health issues it's okay to admit it as well um and i did change them a bit like because my friend is accepting treatment and everything um but i still feel that barrier that just because of the generation gap i feel like there's there is still this barrier when i try to talk to my parents about um yeah issues like mental health mm. do you do you ever feel like because i can't talk to my parents about that kind of thing do you feel like in your mindset you're like with my 
other chosen family at university when you were hanging out with those guys it was really not necessarily like a responsibility but you felt like we should talk about these kind of things as a group because we're all young people and we're all doing difficult stuff in life and life can be tough did you did you feel like it was important for you and your chosen family at university to have that kind of environment of let's be open and honest with each other was that important for you I think yeah like definitely I think I talk to a lot of stuff with my friends I don't talk to my parents um just because I feel like friends are more we're more able to connect on that level uh, as friends because we're all from the same generation and yeah I feel like it's really nice to have a bunch of friends where I can just be open and honest about things and just share my experiences um share experiences or like other people's stories where I feel like potentially my parents may not feel like it's acceptable but it's definitely fine um amongst my friends and I feel like friends in general are less judgmental than my parents if that makes sense so I'm definitely Mm, more happier to talk to my friends about a lot of other things that might not be as comfortable talking to my parents about yeah for sure and I was going to ask Myra is that um what kind of because there's a kind of Hojin speaking about his kind of values of what chosen families should be about do you what kind of values do you hold within yourself in terms of your own chosen family um I think that honesty is really important to me communication loyalty um but obviously not like blind loyalty um Mm. and also I always always want my friends to know like even if you're not like my best friend or my good friend or like really really close to me like if you need me if you want to call me at 3 a.m I will be there for you that's Mm. the type of person that I am and how I want people to understand me so I think I try and find the same sort of dynamic um or like qualities in other people and also friends who so some of my friends could contact me in a year's time five years time and it'll be like it was you know um you'll speak and you'll have really good conversations, you'll catch up on life and you'll be great friends again. It's like um, you never had that break. Mm, Yeah. Those are the friendships that I really value. mm, Those are really nice friendships where it's just very like low key and you know that you're both just, you're there for each other no matter what, but you don't necessarily have to talk like every day and it's all just really chill. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think like friendships where you talk every single day I don't actually have um someone in my life like that at the moment um Mm. but but that's also kind of because I don't feel that need and neither does so like my best friend I'll send her tweets and uh memes on Instagram but like it doesn't mean we're having like a proper deep conversation every day Mm. yeah I get that and like you were speaking about your best friend and just like people that you're close with um and you were saying you were talking about blind honesty as well um blind sorry uh, blind faith kind of in, in yeah. um in your in your friendships um i feel like for me sometimes i think people that i'm i'm close with in terms of family it's hard to sometimes question them on things that they do and you just kind of have to accept oh they're my family they did this thing oh my god really no, no, no. As in, like, when I was kind of younger, I used to think that mm. a bit more. 
but then I realized that for me in terms of my chosen family in terms of being with my friends it's definitely important to call out people when they're doing something wrong and I realized that that's something that I need to take with me into like my biological family as well but just like anyone any situation in life just looking out for what's what's actually right and what we should be doing in the situation does that make sense no 100% I think my experience in uni really shaped that for me that I need to stand up for myself for who I am but also stand up for other people um if they need me to um offer the support that friendship should have um and I've tried to carry that through to my biological family as well so like how you were talking about how um I told you that me and my parents are talking a lot more in lockdown and like all of us are like all six of us are having sit down conversations um my my siblings are really funny um they basically um started going running through the house shouting stuff like menstruation periods vagina to like (laughs) break the (laughs) taboo of it (laughs) (laughs) it was an amazing moment i wish i could have like filmed it and crystallized it forever but i i will remember that memory you should have. You would have become internet famous. That would have like blown. <laughs> <laughs> that would have blown up on like Muslim Twitter. To be Honestly, it would have been on like subtle curry traits. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Asian, that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's a good point to lead on to actually, because you've both both of you have got siblings. Hojin, I think you've you've only got one brother, and Myra, you've got three siblings. I'm right in saying that. Hojin? I've got a sister and a brother. Yeah. Oh, you've got a sister and a yeah. brother. So I guess like when we talk about parents, obviously they're the generation above us, but our siblings are kind of the next kind of closest thing to our us in our generation, if that makes sense. And I guess like in terms of thinking about a chosen family, those people are also on our on our generation. So how has your kind of for both of you, how have your experiences with your um chosen family uh, reflected back on your relationships with your siblings and how you've treated them. Um, let's start with you, Hojin, because obviously, like you spend a lot of time at uni, hanging out with the uni, mm, and then yeah. you go back, go back to Hong Kong and see your biological family. How does it kind of affect you in that in that sense? I think since studying in the UK, I feel like just because I'm not physically at home. I feel like we, me and our, me and my siblings, we've definitely like drifted apart a bit. Um, but whenever we meet back in Hong Kong, we're able to have good banter and stuff. Um, and I feel like, cause we, so my brother, most of so my sister studied in Australia and I was back in Hong Kong. My brother's currently in Australia, I think, because um, for uni, so I feel like we've all developed our own set of values. Um, so it's interesting going back home and seeing how we've all changed a bit. And like, we're all fundamentally the same person but i think we've mm. all developed different values just based on experiences and just what you experience in life um so it's interesting to have those topics with um people uh, with my siblings um and sometimes it's quite nice so i i i was facetiming my brother on my birthday two months yeah a few weeks ago um and yeah it was interesting because we both felt that we weren't able to talk to our parents about certain things um but other 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 uh, our friends are able to talk to them about certain things so yeah it's interesting I feel like although we have different values you also feel like 
we are also struggling in some ways um, and struggling the same Mm. things when we talk to our parents yeah yeah I kind of share that sentiment in a way not not necessarily in the exact way because I guess for you 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 spending a lot of time in the UK you see your siblings a lot less frequently yeah yeah my sister doesn't live too far away from me Mm -hmm. so we do see each other fairly often um and I guess like for a while I thought even though she's only five and a half years older I kind of thought she wouldn't understand a lot of the stuff that was happening in my life Mm -hmm. but actually over the last kind of year or two we've had we've again been a lot more like open about stuff and it's I think actually being a lot more open with my my uni friends and school friends and any other friend basically has helped me understand that my sister was actually once in my position as well and she understands a lot of stuff um and she's gone through her own difficulties in life and uh, like as we all have and um me too kind of just sharing that and understanding each other better and um kind of like just being really really open about it and just I feel like that really strengthens the relationship if that makes sense yeah really it just makes things less kind of contrived you don't need to hide anything you don't really need to just pretend that everything's okay you can just be like yeah this is happening in life this is what I'm going through um and I guess it's a bit weird because I used I was really close to my sister growing up and then she got married and I never felt like I wasn't distant from her but I guess like that's when I started uni and I guess that's when I started developing more kind of friendships and kind of branching out a little bit more um so maybe that was a bit of a trigger mm-hmm. and it's it's a bit interesting because I feel like sometimes there's a bit of a sentiment from my family like oh you prioritize your friends over us or something like that mm-hmm. but honestly like <laughs> I want to talk to my sister properly about this but actually like I, I never think like that at all it's it's never them versus you or you versus them it's literally just like I love you guys all so much I want to I want to make time for you guys um and I guess as talking a little bit about balance as well just like now that I'm working in um, in a city that's not my home home I'm only 45 minutes away because I spend the whole the whole kind of week here coming back it's um, I feel a big responsibility and I was telling you this Myra about yeah. just feeling like oh my god balancing my parents and my my sister and then school friends and uni people and like it's relaxing it's just like so much and um, yeah but everyone's been really understanding as as <laughs> as family would be um yeah, sorry, going back, I was rambling a little bit. Um, Myra, how is it kind of um, reflected back in your relationships with your siblings? Um, I've always had like a really uh, motherly dynamic for my siblings because I am quite a bit older than them. Um, obviously, like not as old as you can be, but um, between me and my brother, who's the next uh, child after me, is six years. And then between me and my sister is eight. And then between me and the last sibling is 12 years and eight months so like nearly 13 years so there's quite like big age gaps and we're all in fairly different stages of life so uh when I went to uni um two of my siblings were just come like going into secondary school and finding their own footing as angsty teenagers and Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wasn't there for those years so they sort of developed um their friendship groups their uh values and whatever else you do at that age I don't remember anymore um 
(laughs) 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 yeah they did that all at that time um tiktok like a now thing and my sister's definitely into it um but before she was a vine kid she's always been into like funny things um and I think she's probably the one that is most similar to me in the sense that she's really social she also has um lots of different friendship groups and tries to get along with um people from different walks of life whereas my brother um the one who's six years apart from me he's more let's say selective about who he spends his time with Mm -hmm. um So I think with him, I'm definitely more like his older sister. And um, now that he's growing up, we can talk more on a level. But like for the youngest sibling, I am definitely the third parent. I am like his second mum, which I feel bad about because he should feel like he can do. He the thing is, he does want to like play games with me and have a fun time like um during lockdown again like lockdown has been good for like connecting with my family because we ended up getting animal crossing um and so we all have an account on it and we'll play together on there sometimes like go fishing catching bugs like random stuff that you do on animal crossing yeah mm. um so it's a good dynamic i think that we have going because basically my um mum doesn't really get along with her siblings so I think that has spurred me to get on with my siblings even more. Um, we have a really, really close bond because of that, I think. Yeah, that's really good. It's really good that you've kind of, it's almost a bit of a blessing and a curse because you were saying that you felt the need to be the third parent. And it's really wholesome that you, you want to do that. Um, and you were saying, you were saying that you feel bad for him um, because he should be allowed to do what he he likes to do but do you feel bad for yourself that you've had to take on the responsibility because when I think about it I'm a bit like <laughs> that's not really fair that you I guess this is a bit of a leading question because we've had this conversation before but do you feel like it's it was fair on you to kind of take on that responsibility no and I think my parents are aware of it but it's sort of how it worked out because when I was around uh from nine to eleven my parents went together so like during very formative years I think I sort of as the eldest automatically took on the role of another parent like I I I was dad for two years so I I think that obviously like they feel bad about that but um it definitely made us closer as well and I think that also spurs me on to um again having friends that I can just be a kid with Mm. I was actually going to lead on to that I was going to say like is part of because I obviously know you're very close with your chosen family but is um kind of having them a bit of like a respite away from having to feel like responsible for for your siblings because you also studied at Southampton which is quite far away from where you lived you didn't live in uh, in London for uni so was it a bit of like a break for you? I 100% chose my university to be outside of London because I wanted that break I wanted time to myself to 
just learn about who I am, um, the type of person that I want to develop into, the type of people I want in my life, um, to taste the freedom of being out at 5 a.m. and getting chips after going to the club. Um, (laughs) All of that good stuff, you know. Um, So I think it's really important for people to step outside of any constraints either they've made for themselves or people around them have made for them um I actually had a deal with my dad so um on my UCAS application obviously you get five choices um four of those I picked outside of London unis and one of those was Queen Mary and then um I actually told him that I didn't get into Queen Mary even though I did oh my god oh wow (laughs) (laughs) you were that desperate to get out of London not even. I think it's just I'm a very adventurous and spontaneous person. Like if somebody says to me, "Let's do you want to go on a holiday in two weeks?" I will literally book and go. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Like uh, to be honest, I would as well. I <laughs> know <laughs> you would. <laughs> Maybe not right now with everything that's going on. But... No, no, but like um, yeah, no, I've done that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pre-corona times. Yeah. I think like I remember in my final year, um, a friend that I had literally made that year. Um, who again I I, sometimes I get close to people quite quickly and so she asked me um, for her birthday in January oh do you want to come to Malta with uh, seven other girls that you don't know and I was like yeah okay let's go (laughs) nice (laughs) I guess like that's another aspect of it of the chosen family it's not necessarily just the deep stuff it's also just having like a lot of fun just like you can really be in terms of not just like the deep stuff but also just like an unfiltered version of who you are and you can just have as much fun as you want yeah um mm. did you feel that Hojin with with your yeah with I feel like art? with yeah I think a lot of us have quite similar interests so it's really nice to see so when we ever hang out we'll just do things that we all enjoy so there'll be a gang for bouldering um which Ooh. since fourth year in uni we go every Friday and we're still trying to carry mm. on this tradition in a way at work if we're not on calls or, or if we're not too tired basically we still try to meet every Friday to climb um yeah there'll be a bunch that's really good like, yeah there'll be a bunch who will like to drink more than usual so that's <laughs> really nice as well <laughs> um, yeah and there's a bunch who likes to go like hiking or just traveling um so yeah it's nice it's nice to like although because the gang is quite big and I think people have different everyone has different interests but it's also nice mm. that there will be definitely be a few people who have similar interests with you so you'll just do those stuff with those few people and then you do all the stuff with the other people in the gang so yeah it's quite nice yeah that's so wholesome that... i know it's so wholesome isn't it their group was so like cute <laughs> i love it i also want to reference back to your potluck from earlier that is so cute it's so cute it is yeah it is, it is really nice it's like it's like a thing that we yeah, it's like a tradition now. Like every year on Christmas, we'll have a potluck. And then every year, like during Chinese New Year time, we'll have a potluck as well. Um, it's just nice because I feel like in clinical years, um, basically we all separate and go to different hospitals. So we don't see mm. each other as much. So it's quite nice to have these potlucks to get everyone together, um, eat what everyone's make, made and also, yeah, just to catch up with everyone. So it's, yeah, it's really nice. I was going to say, um, Hojin, actually, like, because those were your friends a lot, um, and they still are, of course, yeah. um, towards the start of university. Because yeah. in fourth year, for anyone listening, when we go into our clinical years at the university that we went to, um, 
we end up getting thrown into a group of completely random people. It's about 12 random people in the year. Um, I, I noticed that you obviously became really close with your fourth year son, um, certain members of that group. Was it, um, were you a bit apprehensive, like kind of going into that year? Because I definitely was um, about kind of meeting new people and making new connections. Um, was it a bit of an apprehensive thing for you or were you, were you quite uh, confident? I definitely wasn't confident, but I felt like it was nice to meet other people in the year group because I feel like from first year almost to third year, I didn't really reach out to other people besides the international um, gang. <laughs> now that I've called mm. international gang. Um, <laughs> so like, it was quite nice in clinical years where we um, all split up and, and that made me, well, therefore I had to make new friends and I thought that was quite nice in a way so that... Um, and also gave me a bit of reassurance that I'm actually able to make friends with different cultural backgrounds. If you get what mm. I mean, um, and yeah, it was a, it was a new experience, and I thought it was, and and it was a good new experience as well because I was able to talk to a few people on my firm um, and get close to them, and also keep in touch now as well. Um, so I was quite thankful that we ish split up for clinical years because I was therefore able to make um, new friends. So that was nice. Yeah. Mm. I think that's a really important part of it as well, just realising that you can be from so many different backgrounds, different countries, study different degrees, live in different places. Um, like I was saying to you, Myra, and our, our friend Tay as well, in our, friend, in our group mm-hmm. chat, I was saying like, we're all actually quite different people. Like we're all, we do our own thing and we, we studied our own degrees, but we're all really close. We all just have each other's back and we all just support each other and lift each other up in what we're doing. And it's a really nice feeling, actually, just to know that you've got a group of people who are just, like, rooting for you. Um, 100%. And I think, like, part the another important aspect of our little group, I think, is that uh, there's a comforting feeling that you won't be judged on yeah. what you say. I think that's so important in yeah. friendship. Mm, definitely, definitely. Um, and again, that kind of stems back to the whole kind of East, not East, sorry, uh, South Asian, East Asian kind of um, ideas of like, we're, we're not really comfortable talking to our parents about a lot of things because we're scared that they're going to shout at us or judge us for stuff, yeah. which is mm-hmm. why, because mm-hmm. what we're doing isn't necessarily like very, very bad, but we, we think that they'll take it as quite bad. So that's why we kind of keep things as a secret and we end up telling our friends because they're the people that will understand it best. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess like it's not even that extreme of a thing for, but for something for us to discuss is um, the kind of the concept of chosen family being quite a big thing in um, LGBTQ um, communities mm. because a lot of those people are um, people who um, come out to their families or tell their families about who they who they are and who they believe they are. And their families reject them basically, quite sadly, um, and tell them that you can't you can't live with us anymore. They kick them out, and um, those people end up relying on the community of people that they have around them who support them and ju- don't judge them, and accept them for who they are. Um, and I guess as like now, society is becoming more woke um, and whatever, but <laughs> we're talking about it more. And I guess like there's more like you said, with social media and just the freedom of being able to go out whenever we want to, 
we can meet more people who won't judge us and we can meet more people who are who will accept us for who we are and so it's kind of easier to find people who share the same values um yeah i don't know what you guys thought about that because for me it's quite it's quite a sad thing to hear that people are kind of rejected by their families for that reason i so this is kind of um it does hit home because i don't think i'd ever be able to fully like come out to my own parents about this kind of thing um I couldn't tell them that I um consider myself part of that community and would potentially want to be with a girl instead of a guy um but you know it's moving forward and it's having those conversations some things parents will be cool with some things they won't be and yeah it's sad Mm. and there's a generation gap there but I think it's something that you can work towards because I remember thinking um, that my parents would hate the fact that I've tried alcohol. But actually, when I told my mom um, that I had champagne in first year, um, her, I, yeah, I, I told her because like, we're quite close. So at the end of first year, when I came back, she was like, OK, like, what did you do? Like, how, how was it? Did you um try anything and she sort of like was fishing so I was like okay let me throw you some bait and (laughs) um, her her reaction was really funny she basically said oh how was it that's what she asked me and she was curious rather than angry yeah that's good that makes it sound like she has her own experiences and she wants to see if they correlate with yours (laughs) Oh no, she 100%, 100% does not. Like, she would have told me in that moment because that was the kind of conversation that we were having. I think it was more from a place of like, I've never done this. I will probably never do this. Please let me live vicariously through you. Mm. Oh, fair. <laughs> well, at least she kind of did that then. It's really, that was her, her response was quite good then, if you ask me. Yeah. Because you wouldn't expect that from many, um, many Asian slash Muslim parents <laughs> exactly <laughs> including the fact that like um she's Muslim and like um wants me to now that I've graduated uh find a man and get married you know like very typical um in one sense but not so typical in another yeah that's interesting actually because I was going to lead on to that kind of that kind of concept um <laughs> I remember I remember it was actually you that um tweeted it wasn't you that tweeted it you retweeted something about this and it actually spurred the idea in my mind for this episode so this is actually all all down to you oh Um, my god I'm honored I I saw you tweet something about um chosen family uh, you retweet something about chosen families and the tweet was saying something about how younger people so in the kind of 20 to 30 age these days less people are feeling the desire to settle down at the age of like 24, 25, find someone, um, get married, have kids by the age of 30. Um, The ideals of kind of what family can be, as I was saying at the start of this episode, and Mm. the definitions of what family is are changing a lot. Um, And I was going to ask both of you guys, do you think that's a good thing that, well, I think it is a good thing, but just is it important for you guys to feel, again, like you're understood, but that your concept of family doesn't have to necessarily be what your parents think family is, if that makes sense. I mean, I I do have an opinion on this, um, but (laughs) essentially what I think of it is that I think 
everybody should be allowed to form their own concept of what family means to them and what it doesn't because at the end of the day family isn't just who you share blood with it's who you share mm. experiences with values with um the same it could be the same principles it could be um a incident that happened um which bonded you it, it could be mm. anything really um and there are people out there who aren't that close with family that they're blood related to I can say that for my family um I am close to my immediate family but again with extended family we don't always get on um and maybe finding my chosen family has been a bit of a replacement for that but I don't think that can necessarily be a bad thing mm. I think like it's interesting because it's kind of it's allowing people to kind of set their own standards of what they want. There's no longer the kind of archetypal, we need to do this by this age mm. kind of thing. It's more like just live your life however you want to live it. And if your family is this and you consider it to be family, then, and you're happy with it, then who are, who is anyone to say any different? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I think like it comes down to what you want out of life and everybody should be allowed to want different things like I really want babies but a lot of my friends don't <laughs> mm. no no yeah no that's definitely that's important because like I feel like as a generation people are kind of less inclined these days to want to rush into like having babies mm. um, I feel like definitely compared to my parents generation and their their parents generation it's a very different ball game now um and it's kind of, it's strange for me to see that kind of people kind of trying to, from my parents' generation, trying to force that that kind of ideal down. Like, oh, you should have kids by the age of like 27. Oh my God. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, and it's like, not everyone is is thinking like that because my parents and their parents got, had kids at the age of like 22. Like some of them are having kids at the age of like 16. And I'm just like, how? Um, so yeah, it's a... Uh, it's an interesting one. I don't know if Hojin, you had any thoughts about that. I, well, I'm thinking like nowadays. I think like the you do you culture is quite strong. Like you mm. should you should determine how you should live your life, and I feel like so therefore you choose your friends who you're comfortable uh, with, um, friends that you're able to bond with. Um, and I think it's just having these conversations with your parents like just slowly and. I think because at the end of the day, your biological family um, is your, like, family. Um, and I feel like if I do anything controversial or if I do anything that my parents don't agree with, I feel like because at the end of the day, they are your family and they are your parents. They've nurtured you since birth. And hopefully um, through having conversations with them, they'll slowly understand. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like at the moment, at this time, I feel like it's really important to just live the life that you live. Um, and that's really important because you don't want to live a life where you feel like there's a lot of regrets or you don't feel happy living in. So I feel like it's really important to mm. form a life that you're happy living in. Mm. I was going to say, actually, like, I think a lot of people, I've had this conversation with other friends, actually, just the the idea, I think it's quite big in like in kind of Asian families, but also just other families, just this idea that 
we need to live for our parents and making our parents mm. happy is actually um, the greatest goal in life. And I think that's quite sad, to be honest. Like, I think it's important to have a good relationship with your parents mm-hmm. and respect them and show them love. But I don't think necessarily showing them love is always trying to meet all their demands. Mm. I think it should be kind of mm. nurturing each other both ways. Um, and I guess that goes back to the what you want out family. And I guess to me, it's the idea of always feeling understood and supported um, and respected, I guess. And just that I they want the best for me and I want the best for them. And yeah. it's just a it's just a mutual agreement. And yeah, a lot of what you guys have said is definitely um, stuck with me in, in the sense of just values and um yeah just being open and honest with each other so um well thanks very much for your for your time today guys it's been it's been really interesting and a very engaging conversation and um it's been quite eye-opening for me and i hope for everyone else listening as well to hear your experiences from what you guys have said in your very kind of personal stories and from what i felt myself it it feels as, as as people of color, especially, and, and also young people, in terms of being a kind of generation of people setting examples for our kids and for other young kids, I think we have a huge ability to spread a lot of more kindness and a lot more um, warmth to a lot more people through our kind of interpersonal interactions and social media. And for me, I guess that's helped me a lot in choosing my my chosen family because without Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp and kind of being able to keep in contact and um, texting each other, I wouldn't be able to kind of maintain those relationships in, in that kind of way. Um, and I guess in a way that kind of, it, it's made it a lot more possible because compared to our parents or their parents, we don't, we haven't had the kind of freedom to study abroad or meet people on a more regular basis. So in terms of, um, finding a chosen family yeah sometimes the circumstances can be quite unfortunate but there's also a sense of privilege in it to say that you're able to branch out and make those deep and meaningful connections in life and hopefully for for young people or or older people who may be listening or struggling in in their personal lives and and feeling alone which i guess we all do at some point in life maybe what we've said today might make you think a little bit more positively and differently on the matter so thank you again myron hojin and thank you to everyone else listening to episode six Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks, Tamid.